Hello, welcome to a very special midway episode of Sumo Mainichi. We had stopped doing these on day eight and we're back because we can't go for a whole 15 days without talking on microphones to you about Sumo. I'm Amy, I'm here with Dave. Dave, how are you going? Yeah, great. Uh, we've just come off uh, watching day eight or Nakubi of this uh, very, very exciting basho. Yeah, Sumo's in a good place at the moment, I reckon. Yeah. So many strong Rikishi, just, you know, not always winning as well. It's a real back and forth and you can never really predict with each bout what's going to happen at all. Yeah, and I think coming into this basho with Terana Fuji out injured, this really was anyone's basho to win. And halfway through, we've got four Rikishi out in front that we'll get to later, but it's really, really hard to say whether the winner's in that group of four or maybe they're in that bigger group behind them. I know, I know. I was trying to think today whether I was more certain about a prediction. I mean, we'd made some pretty wacky predictions at the start as usual, but whether I was starting to really feel something deep in my bones. Well, can I stop you there? I would say that our predictions at the time aren't wacky. It's no, just that as soon sure. as the sumo starts... I'm sorry, I wounded you. No, well, I'm just going to say, as soon as the sumo starts they become wackier. Mm. Well, for example, let's call it out now. I thought Tamawashi could bring some form into this basho. Well, when I think about that, you're absolutely right. That wasn't wacky. No. He just won the Yusho. It was fine. And he was in amazing form. Yeah. So absolutely. And mine was Takakesho, I think, from, from memory. Yeah, and like, why a, shouldn't he blast his way through? Why shouldn't he? But then, you know, you start to apply logic to this <laughs> funny old game of sumo and it falls apart very, very quickly. The Basho, of course, taking place in Fukuoka, Japan, down on Kyushu. The weather today, as they wrapped up the uh, today's bouts, 17 degrees Celsius, which is 63 degrees Fahrenheit. A little bit of rain about. Mm-hmm. A little bit of rain about here. I don't know if you can hear it, but it is absolutely pouring, pelting down here. And it has been for, for weeks, really, in Melbourne. Well, as we approach our 300th episode, I don't think I've ever heard rain hit that uh, the window in our yeah. studio before. Yeah. It's coming in sideways. Yeah. It's really, really windy as well. It's sort of more maybe the wind howling that you might be able to hear. Anyway... Maybe not, and we're just painting a picture for you, but yeah, it's really, really wet here. It has been for ages, all the uh, rivers and everything, just huge. So some big news came out yep. yesterday. Some big and unexpected news, and that news was that Chiyotaryu is hanging up the Moashi. He has called his retirement after losing to Aoyama on day seven of this basho. This really came out of nowhere, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. We were on the train on the way down to uh, a family Christmas. As we mentioned, that's why we didn't do the the jurio call today. And you just looked across at me and went, Chiatari is retired. Yeah, it's very, very uh, unexpected. I mean, he wasn't having the greatest basho. I think no, he was no. two five after that loss yesterday to Aoyama. But, you know, I mean, we've seen worse performances from him. But look, I mean... Sometimes you just know when it's time. I guess so. I guess he wasn't really on our radar, perhaps that was it, in that we've been talking about the older guys, you know, Tamawashi and Okonomi and some of the others who have retired. Chiyotaru, he's only 34. And I actually, in my mind, he was about 32 or 31. I think I just kept him at the age he was, you know, back when we, we had started watching. So... Yeah, yeah he and, he's and not look, that old. And, and I think you'd expect him to at least see his time out in Makuchi and maybe when he fell to Jurio, call it quits. Yes, that is how it sometimes happens. And I think we've had some time to get used to it, but I am seeing right now actually on Twitter and stuff, um, Americans waking up and coming across it and just going, what? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> we've had a few hours to get used to it, but uh, they're getting the shock. Well, why don't we take a quick tour through the uh, the career yeah. Of Chiyotaryu. Chiyotaryu, sure. uh, he came through the Nippon Sports Science University program, which has produced so many fantastic rikishi over the years. The beakers and, yet, and... The beakers. And look, I don't know... Bumps and burners. What uh, aspect of sports science Chiyotaryu was drilling down into during his time there. Uh, maybe we'll see if we can dig out some old papers. Uh, but he did become University Yokozuna after winning the 2010 National College Sumo Championships. Now, interestingly, Chiyotaryu did uh, cultivate a bit of a reputation as being a bit arrogant. And oh. even he himself admitted that after that big win, he got, and I quote, really big headed. <laughs> Because he has an actual big head, but he actually got 
Yeah, well, a little bit arrogant about his own talent. <laughs> and interestingly, around that time, it was reported that he was uh, less interested in sumo training as in training techniques yeah. as he was in um, building muscle strength. So okay. spent his time just training his body rather than training his sumo technique. This is something I only learned today looking through uh, his history. Mm. I think it explains a lot about the style of sumo we've seen from Chiyotaro. Yeah, like the bulk the Chiyotaro Express, the run forward, the power, everyone out of his way. Well, and, and that Chiyotaro Express, if you are a long-time listener to the podcast, you would have heard a lot of times because throughout his career, Chiyotaro was able to win so many bouts by just throwing that weight at his opponent out of the touchy eye. Got a lot of wins that way, mm. and we dubbed it the Chiyotaro Express. Yeah, you just couldn't stand against it. It just blasted anybody in his way. So uh, following... Uh, his time at the Nippon Sports Science University, Chiyotaro joined Kokonoya Bea and he made his debut at Makushta 15. He got the fast track yep. into Makushta Love with it. that uh, college Yokozuna crown in May 2011. And he had the Shikona Mei Getsuin. Oh, right. Is that his name? It's not. Mm. No. So, I mean, that feels like one of those ones that was uh, a work in progress. Uh, and when it came time... I think it is his name. Is it? Yeah. Oh, well, good on you, Megetsuin. Megetsuin. Or Megets for Hide short. Masa. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so there's a bit of controversy around his first uh, uh, appearance in top-level sumo at Makushita 15 because he lost his first three bouts mm -hmm. and then withdrew with injury. Now, I did see some statistic wow. that it was the first time for a debutante coming into Makushta to withdraw from the tournament early since the war. Oh. And it's one of those stats that Wait, I, I didn't, the war, isn't it? I didn't write it. I didn't write it down. It's one of those nerd stats. Uh, <laughs> and he drew a lot of criticism from the sumo community. Some commentators uh, criticizing him for not facing the challenge. Okay. It, the injury to his thigh was bad enough that Chiyotaru was in hospital as these comments were coming through, and he admitted that he shedded a tear. Okay. What a complex man already. Well, I think you're exactly right about that. As we dig into his history, it's like peeling back layers of an onion. Oh, isn't it? I mean, he either could have faked the injury, gone to hospital and shed a tear that he'd been <laughs> found out so quickly and that everything was going so wrong and he would have felt really stressed, or he's been totally mischaracterised and, and, you know, assumed of lying and all of that, and he's shedding a... Quite a um, well, look, heartfelt tear. I had a look around. I couldn't find the hospital discharge papers. Something is a little bit suspicious now you mentioned it about going to hospital for a thigh injury. Oh. Uh, what, are you going to plaster guess, that up? <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Maybe you needed surgery on it. Or it doesn't sound like it if he was back really quick. Well, and you say that he was back at the next basho and here he started his rapid rise. Uh, he found himself in Makuchi only after two basho following that. He blew through Jurio, a 13-2 Yusho, and then an 11-4 in the top division very, very quickly. And he achieved his highest rank of Komasubi in September 2014. Wow, that was really quick. A very, very quick the ascent. The time in the hospital really helped. <laughs> bit, of, bit of crying time, a bit of reflection yep. time. Uh, but look, the, his first shot at Komasubi, it was a bit of a disaster. He went Kyujo on day 11 Again. with a score of 1 and 10. Oh, no. So, look, he hung around to face that challenge. Oh, he, well, for a while. Well, well, I <laughs> for mean. For 11 he, days. Yeah, 11 days is long enough. Uh, look, we know what we know about Chiyotari is he never quite... Um, busted through that ceiling. He did find himself back at Komasubi again in March 2018. Oh, yeah. But again, he just failed to trouble the scoreboard. He posted a 4-11. He was a mid-Migashira guy, wasn't he? He certainly was. And he, he spent his uh, remaining years in sumo uh, around that middle of Makuchi. And really, I mean, the times when we saw Chiyotaru at his best, he was winning half his bouts with that really powerful touchy eye we spoke about before. Yeah, and sometimes if that didn't work, he'd get pulled down. That was a, a lot of his problem. Or if somebody got on the belt against him, he certainly wasn't a, a belt guy. He'd just love to blast them away. So when we started watching Chiyotaru, he was wearing the famous pink mawashi. Yes. And I remember it was probably two or three years ago where that went by the wayside. Yes, when everyone got sensible and... 
a bit of the fun went out for a little bit and everybody went back to, to black and, and sensible coloured ones. He wore black for quite a while. He did. And um, I think he settled on a light blue. Was it light blue? In the this end of his career? Show? I, yeah, think I think so. it was, yeah. It's already gone out of my mind. But the pink was the real thing, wasn't it? Well, I mean, it was back when Hidden Umi was wearing pink. Ura's always worn pink. Would have been nice to see him come out on that final day oh. as a bit of a, a hint mm. as to what was going to happen in the pink Mawashi. I think that should be encouraged because if you have to go out in the middle or if you decide to go out in the middle of a basho, that's fine. You don't get to make a big announcement. I mean, he's announced it, but the basho goes on and, and sort of the attention is taken away from him. But you should be able to just do one final thing, you know, wave to everybody or do a final move or wear your pink mawashi. Well, we saw the uh, some footage in the coverage today of his final walk out yep. through the Hanamichi and it, w- it was very hard to read anything into that. Well, apparently yesterday he didn't even say anything. They always have a, a short interview as they walk out and he was just like, oh, it's not, not feeling great but I'm going to keep trying and obviously overnight he just he just had a feeling. I, I did read that he said he couldn't generate power the way he wanted to, which plays well, into well, everything absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that you've said about sort of how he approaches his sumo, I guess. And he wants to retire. He decided to retire. So there's no point keeping on going. So he that suggests to me he's the kind of guy who's like, you know, I make my decision and I yeah. I stick to it and it felt right. Uh, and he said that he felt his he'd reached his limit. Now that's that's an interesting. Yeah, that's worth unpacking. One there. That's worth unpacking. And interestingly, was it the bout against Aoyama? Yeah. <laughs> In particular, that's it. Where he lost, he thought, "I've peaked. Yeah, I I've, can't do anything from here. I've lost to Aoyama yeah. again. <laughs> Sick of it. <laughs> Who is this guy? Yeah. I mean, I I guess it could just mean I've reached my limit of feeling like I I want to wake up every day. Uh, put on the mawashi, have my head on and get up on the doyo. Or it could just be, you know, I'm sick of this. So th- the other interesting thing that has come out is that given uh, Chiotaru's, you know, relatively impressive record and, and length in, in uh, the top division, he could earn, is that the right word? Kabu or elder stock. Yeah. So he could stay in sumo, but he's chosen to step away from the sport. Yes. And it's pretty interesting where he's going to go. Well, he's going to open a restaurant, isn't he? <laughs> That's right. Uh, apparently, he is going on to open a restaurant in Tokyo. What type? What type? That you can't just say restaurant. When you make these announcements, and maybe it's just because we don't have the info, maybe there's five pages on this in the news. Wow, Yuki's going absolutely crazy out there. Um, but I want to know where exactly so mm. that we can go when we go next year. <laughs> and I want to know what uh, cuisine and I want to know who he's doing it with, Yeah, what his plans are for the next, you know, is he engaging a business coach? Who no. went to, who did the business thing? Oh, Daesho? Yeah, was it oh, Goeno? Goeno. Oh. I think it was someone who's still in Miyogiryu. Oh, anyway. Oh, people are going to be yelling at the I, I think phone. all of those details are fine and great. Location, opening date, cuisine. I'd love to see a, a business plan or maybe mission statement's mm. the wrong word, but what is the experience that Chiatari wants to deliver to the customer? Yeah. And that's not often a concrete thing. It's a feeling. Yep. You know, yep. What is, is it you... the power of food? Oh, well, is it the power of food? Is it a relaxed ambience to, you know, hang out with your boys after the yep. after you've finished watching the basho? Yep. Mm. Yep. And will it just be Chunko or will it wow. be, you know, is he like really into fine, delicate constructions? Is it going to be a modern... Japanese cross. Well, look, I th- I, I've said this to you before many times. I think there's a big gap in the, in the chunko market, which is where you do chunkos of the world. So Mexican chunko, <laughs> yeah. Indian chunko. Like, so, yeah, so like you basically Palmer's in the city yeah, of Melbourne where exactly. they have a Palmer from every <laughs> place in the world. It's exactly what I was thinking yeah. about. But, I, uh, you know, I think it'd be interesting to layer some of those um, flavour profiles onto the famous sumo soup. So does that mean we won't see him in the building, we won't see him as shimpan, we won't hear him commentating, or does he do that for a while and then goes to do the restaurant, or straight out restaurant? Well, I mean, these, that's an excellent question. It, it, feel, it would feel unfair if he doesn't do at least a few days of security. And I say unfair to the sumo community. Yeah, yeah. Because I tell you what, you would not be thinking about rushing the doyo <laughs> if you saw Chiataru in that tight-fitting blue jacket. no. 
And yep. when's, what's his hair going to look like? Because we uh, we saw Chio Tori, yeah. ex-Chio Tori on the um, coverage today, the NHK coverage, mm. and we saw his hair straight after the uh, haircut and he looked, he looked suave. Yeah, I think he did. I think he looked good in a suit. Yep. Uh, some lovely moments shared there between Chio Tori uh, and his brother. Yep. <laughs> Chiyomaru just gagging it up as they did the uh, small snips of hair. Yep. And we saw Chiotaru actually cut Chiotori's hair as well, so soon it'll be his turn. It's it's the end of the Chiotaru Express. It's uh, left the station for the final time. Toot toot. Yeah. Let's take a moment. I mean, yeah, it's always a it's a bit of a thing when yep. a when a ricochet. I leaves. feel something. I feel something I feel. too. I wouldn't have expected to. No, but I do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we hear his his final, you know, speech and he's I sound so dramatic, but you know, when he when he does his speech and um, someone translates that, <laughs> we'll get to we'll get a bit more insight into perhaps why he what he's going to do yep. next. Just Excellent. only ask the restaurant questions. Yeah, please. <laughs> come on. Um, all right. Well, let's move on. It's uh, day eight. It's Nuckabee. It's the midpoint of the final basho of twenty twenty two. Let's have a quick look at, at a few ricochet and how they're going. Takakesho, one of our Ozeki, looking pretty good. He's sitting on 6-2 coming into that second week. Had a couple of losses though. Uh, Takiyasu, I mean, that's not a big surprise given Takiyasu's form. Meisei, I don't mind what's going on with Meisei and he completely surprised uh, Takakesho. Yeah, Meisei can disrupt Takakesho. Most of Takakesho's wins have been that quick Push, uh, we saw him do it today and he is six and two. So I sort of feel like he's going the way we've started to associate perhaps with Takakesho, which is he's definitely still in the running. He's going okay. He's perhaps lost to a few people, although Takiyasu out of this, a few people that he that he possibly shouldn't have. Uh, he's been chucked down a couple of times, but he's doing okay. So I think Takakesho is existing in his Takakesho world. Let's follow up on you know, his instinct. How, how do you f- feel the instinct is playing out? Well, I mean, if, if people uh, haven't listened to our pre-Basho episode, firstly, I'd encourage you to do that yeah. because <laughs> we put a lot of work into that. Uh, we found out that um, Takakesho, his mind separates from his body mm. at the point where the they touch your eye. Yeah. And from that point, the body just needs to do what the body's been trained to do. So Takakesho is very, very aware of this uh, and has trained the body to act almost on autopilot. Um, and feels like it works best when it does do that, when he can just let it go. Yeah. Um, so, look, I mean, we we saw him, the body, and, and I'm talking about the body in the sense as something different to Takakesho because that's the way he talks about yeah, it. Yeah. But the body... Uh, of Takakesho knew what to do and the, the drills, the, the discipline that Takakesho, the mind, has been working into this body has done a very, very good job in the first week, I'd say. I think so. It's really interesting to think about it though because Wakamoto Haru today, he it's hard to think that he doesn't, that Takakesho doesn't think very consciously about his what he's doing. We noticed today that he was trying to keep Wakamoto Haru off the belt and he succeeded and he did that with his pushes. And so for me, I think, well, he's sitting there at the touchy eye going, okay, I have to do this. I have to do this. But the way that he's suggesting it is that he just goes into this, not a Zen state, that's stupid, but you know, he, he allows his sumo knowledge to respond and he just uh, goes against Wakamoto Haru the way that he should. Well, I I think it's, you know, the way um, doctors will use a little hammer now, I've only ever seen this in cartoons. On someone's knee? On someone's knee. So, so that's the, the, the nervous system acting independently of conscious thought. And in the same way, if you touch something hot, your unconscious system will pull your hand away from that. It's the same thing with Takakesho's belt. He feels, <laughs> the body feels a hand going for it yeah. and the arms push it away. It's, like it's a not a conscious magnet. thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, I think that must be the case because he looked very good today against Wakamoto Haru. Uh, short eye though. Short eye. Short eye. Look, I've got to say overall, the sumo has been positive that we've seen in the first week. We've seen him be a bit more, uh, let's say he's taken the initiative out he of the touch eye. He, he wants, wants it. it. I wouldn't doubt that he wants it. I think we've seen him come out with intent, but whether that's played into 
the good sumo, not really. Yeah. I mean, he's 4-4. Four, four. He's 4-4 four, four, four. Four, coming in at day eight. I think that's fine. I think a Kachikoshi is completely possible. Shoto has been fighting uh, top of Maegashira, some Sanyaku, so still has some work to do at the end of next week. Uh, Ichinojo continue that great record that he has against Shoto. Oh, yeah. Takes that uh, head-to-head now to 14 and to 5. I wonder what it is about Ichinojo that Shoto just can't handle. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I think Ichinojo's obviously got his own things going on at the moment as well, and he was pretty... Um, Pretty powerful in the ones that he's won. So um, maybe it's that he's taller than him. I mean, Short Eye's pretty tall and he's used to standing up high and coming down at his opponent. Yeah. And with Ichi no Joe, he can't do that. It c- could be something like that. But he was also beaten by Sadanumi today. It was a, a Kumamoto showdown so that the crowd went, you know, fairly wild for they, a Fukuoka crowd. Well, they loved it. Um, Sadanumi, wow, he was very, very fast today against Shoto. Yeah, and I feel like Shoto got beaten by Sadanumi in a way that he possibly should have expected that push aside at the Tawara. Yeah. Um, the first time apparently that Sadanumi's met Shodai as an Ozeki and he beats him. Yeah, no, Sadanumi quite chatty yeah, in the yeah. interview. Yeah, he went for it. <laughs> yeah. He says that he thinks about sumo every day and Sadanumi, that's something I can get behind. Oh, I love Sadanumi. Uh, so we think we might have at least two Ozeki around. Takakesho's no problems at all. Mm-hmm. Uh Short eye. I'm not four, sure four. I'm, I'm quite as willing to commit to that one, Great. but I hope so. <laughs> uh, Wakataka Kage at Sekiwake. I feel like he's Takano showing his Sekiwake time, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so as just in, middling. Well, yeah, I think Wakataka Kage is probably headed to another 8 7, 9 6. Nothing against his sumo at all, but he does continue to show some vulnerabilities. And we saw Tobizaru yesterday just open Wakataka Kage up, finishing him off very, very quickly. Yeah, well, Tobizaru is a force in himself at the moment, isn't he? We'll talk about him in a sec, but Wakataka Kage, he's had a better start than he often has. Like he is known for having a little bit of a dodgy first week and really having being on that shaky ground and then having to sort of dig deep inside like in... September, he had three losses. I was just going to say, I think he lost the first three days, but then after that only dropped one to go 11 and four. So Exactly. And then in July, lost the first two and in uh, May, lost three of the first five. So he's he's come out slightly better than that. Mm. Um, we might have to open the door here for this cat. Yeah. The reason we don't, I'm going to tell you, is because... There's a lot of gear in here and yeah. she jumps up on it and she knocks over drinks and yes. she steps on the computer <laughs> and she shuts everything and down. And she climbs the blinds. But, but I'm going to do howling. it. she's Go and let her in. I'm going to do it. I'll keep going uh, here. Uh, Hoshoryu. Hello, Yuki. Welcome to the fold. <laughs> um, as you take your seat again, Hoshoryu, don't you? I've really noticed this basho in this first week. There's something away in the way that he's holding himself before the basho, yes. uh, sorry, before the bout yep. in his preparation, the time he takes, the long gazes uh, out to the stadium before he even faces his opponent. There's a Yokozuna air about this guy. I think so. He looks confident and strong and he looks like he thinks that he's confident and strong. He's just got a look about himself. He's staring down his opponent. His movements are, yeah, slow and deliberate, as you said, and just looks like he's going somewhere, doesn't he? Let's talk about that Kimarate from day five. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> Kawazugake. Against uh, Midori Fuji. This was really, really something else. Uh, as he said, the Kawazugake, the hooking backward counter throw, the English translation doing uh, no service yeah. to, to how spectacular this Kimarite can be. And I would say that um, of the videos we watched uh, historically of this Kimarite, this may be one of the purest examples of this particular winning move. Yeah, I think they should put it in the, the video set uh, for all teaching anyone about sumo. It's basically so the sorogake is the leg coming from behind and tripping them that way, but this is the leg coming from the front and tripping them forwards um, over the legs. So 
It was yeah, really cool to see. And he did it so quickly, didn't he? Yeah, and he seemed to know exactly what he was doing. Um, this is a very, very rare commodity. The last time we've seen it at the top division was back in March 2012. Mm. Um, yeah. And it was Takunoyama and Ikioi. Ikioi <laughs> being on the receiving. Oh, Ikioi didn't do it. He did not. Oh. No, no, no. Um, look, I mean, people were were talking a lot about that move. We saw. Uh, well, I saw a few videos comparing it to judo moves oh, yeah. uh, and wrestling and wrestling. As well. Yeah. Yeah. So, really showing uh, the. I call it the dual danger of Hoshoryu. There's the upstairs, but then there's the downstairs too. We really saw it today uh, in Hoshoryu's bout against Tomizaru. He's always looking yeah. to get his body perpendicular, yeah. get the leg in amongst his opponents. Yeah, he does it all the time. And with Tomizaru today, he's probably the one of the only Rikishi who can get away from it or who can see it in time because the thing is that he's so fast. And you commented today in that, about which we were really looking forward to and which didn't disappoint, that as soon as, like you said before, as soon as he turns himself on the side, you just got to watch out. And Toby Zaru is somebody who, because he makes so much movement himself and he's always looking to get in on the angles, I feel like he's looking out for that always with his opponent. So he was able to get yeah. away first from Hoshiri's legs leg attempt, but then he went for his own. <laughs> he tried to kind of kick Hoshori, his legs out from under him as well. So yeah. I like that. It's like, well, you're going to kick me. I'm going to have a go at you. I can't do it as well, but I'll give it a go. It was a fantastic bout, no doubt about it. So Hoshori, uh, day eight is seven and one, very much in the mix for the Yusho race. Moving down the card, uh, Mitakumi. Yeah. It doesn't look good, does it? No. I mean... He needs 10 wins to get his Ozeki status back. He's four and four at day eight. It just doesn't look like it's going to happen. Not at all. And especially with the loss today against Kodnawako, who just leant forward, put his hands around the back of Mitakumi's head and pushed him down. I mean, he, you don't see that that often with him. I mean, it's it's not a way that he would ever want to lose. And it just kind of maybe gives a little bit of insight in that he's he's not confident or he's not going forward properly well, at the touchy eye. I wonder how much it isn't footwork from Mitakumi. Yeah. He he wins by staying low and balanced and you know as you said coming forward today feet didn't keep up and yeah he was slapped down uh, comprehensively there so I think we're going to have two Ozeki after I this. I think so. I haven't seen a lot of happens. fuss about it. I haven't seen a lot of people sort of hyping up for Mitakumi or anything. I'm not sure whether he just might sort of slide out and everyone's like, oh, well, we sort of expected this. He'll he'll either be back up or he won't. The, the only um, debate or comments I've seen around it is that it will possibly lead to two Ozeki and if Shodai uh, goes you know, doesn't get his eight wins, then that could lead to one Ozeki. Um, so it's only really in the Ozeki discussion yeah. that I, I see reference to Mitakumi. Nobody seems to really mind whether he does or not. And at 4-4, no. <laughs> I'm not sure. And as we were saying earlier today, he doesn't seem to mind either. No, I, d I just can't <laughs> tell whether it's, um, if it's footwork, like you said, yeah. then it is form. But I can't tell whether it's physical form or a mental form or a combination of both. I think it's why I love Mitakumi. Nothing <laughs> seems to really get him down. I do like him. Yeah. I like him. He's still getting out there. He's still showing up. Every so often he does some, you know, vaguely Sanyaku-style sumo. Well, we've referenced this Rikishi a few times already. Tobizaru, in his debut Komasubi uh, Basho, has just been an excitement machine. Yeah. Like, at this stage, would we expect anything less? No. And every time he's a little bit different, he's matured a little bit, he still gives that, he lost today, and he still gave that sort of wry smile, the sort of display of uh, still loving sumo oh, after the bout. 100%. But then I noticed that when he went out to watch the replay, he looked very serious. His, his face was just really concentrating and maybe he always concentrates on the replay and we've never really been shown it before. But to me, I feel like that epitomised the um, balance of seriousness yeah. and fun in sumo that he's got now. It's much more, his movement is still quick and responsive and fun. I mean, it's, you know, what I mean by well, that. Well, it's entertaining. Entertaining, I think, yeah. that's right. That's the word. But 
there's much more thought behind it. He's able to get on the belt. He's able to move cleverly. He's able to come in from a cool angle and it not just be being weird or jumping around like, you know, the flying monkey. Exactly. I'm guessing you might've been having a good look at that replay because he really held it to Hoshoryu today. Yeah. In a way that not everyone can. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he would have liked to see where his movement went wrong and in a way it it didn't go wrong. It was it was sort yeah. of Hoshori who was able to find that that position. And we saw that bout against Wakataka Kage. He just took absolute control and, and ran the show and overran Wakataka yeah. Kage. And that's no mean feat, even in the first week. Well, we've been talking positive. Tobizaru is four and four. Um, I try not to get involved at all in barracking for Rikishi. Yeah. But I would like to see the happiness that a Tobizaru Kachikoshi yep. would give to the world. Yeah. Yeah, we need it. Everybody Everyone needs, needs it. it. <laughs> a Tobizaru Kachikoshi, like, why would you deny us that? Yeah. It just can't happen. Oh, well, well, that brings us to a name that I hesitate to say out loud because it's going to bring all my feelings <laughs> up to the surface. It's almost like we should say the Rikishi who can't be named. <laughs> right. But we will name him or you won't know who we're talking about. We'll name about. him once, then I'll cry for 10 <laughs> minutes and then we'll never name him again. Takiyasu, mm. what a first week. Absolutely sensational, incredible strength out of the touchy eye, hitting his opponents hard, setting up some quite quick and easy wins. He's had hard competition. He's fought most of the Sanyaku in this first week. and He's, at, he's on 7-1. Yep. There's a swirling vortex in front of me. Yep. It's a vortex I recognise. Yep. As it pulls me in, I I recognise the familiar embrace. Yep. Are your toes like curling over well, the edge? I'm holding onto a street post. Yeah. My legs are, <laughs> are getting legs, sucked in. Yeah. <laughs> your legs are vertical. <laughs> horizontal, I mean. Your legs are horizontal, waving in the wind. I've, I've said this exact thing before but the stars are aligning for Takiyasu. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen him very confident at the touch eye. The touch eye is really working for him yeah. with the, the shoulder blast, yeah. the, the Kachiage. Yeah. Mm. And when he gets his touch eye to work for him, I think that gives him a real um, burst of energy well, or it something. Puts, He's it, holding up against... His it, put, opponent. it puts him in a good position, I yeah. think, is the thing yep. we've seen. And it also gives him some choices. Does he want to get on the belt? Does he want to keep thrusting and yep. maneuvering? And I think that's something we spoke about today after watching uh, his amazing bout against... Kiribayama. Kiribayama. Mm. Kiribayama came out with, out with a lot of speed. Yep. Takiyasu matched it for a while and then slowed it down. Yep. Only for a moment, though. Yes, because previously he slowed it down. And we were yelling for him to slow it down because it was a bit, you know, he's a big guy and if he's getting thrown around the ring by someone more agile like Kiribayama, it can go badly for him. So, like, slow it, slow it. And he did, but previously he's stayed in that slow state for too long Well, and had his famous three-minute bounce. Three minutes, yeah. But he did not wait at all. He basically settled himself uh, and just overran Kiribayama, a quality opponent, um, he does face Tobizaru, not tomorrow though. I, I think Takiyasu has Meisei tomorrow, mm-hmm. but Tobizaru yep. is the final uh, Sanyaku Rikishi he needs to face. Yes. Oh, Meisei was really watching him today. He oh, was on he the was, side. Wasn't he? Yeah, just his eyes absolutely glued on Takiyasu. So I'll be interested to see what Meisei yeah. tries tomorrow. That really, because I think Meisei does think of it a lot about you know, his specific opponent, as they all should. But oh, but the Takiyasu Vortex, we said we wanted a Tobizaru Kachikoshi, a Takiyasu Yusho that would Look, bring light to the world. And again, I have no personal investment in this. But as you said, the light that it would bring to the world is what I want to see. Yeah. I feel nothing. I'm going to back right <laughs> off from that. I am backpedaling so hard. No pressure. No expectation. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens. But I, I certainly won't be waving goodbye to you as you hurl into the <laughs> vortex because I'll be hurling right in there. <laughs> next Just wa- to you. waving and crying. Yeah. <laughs> Spinning round and round. Uh, okay. Let's move on. Uh, I, I do want to just quickly touch on Ichi Nojo. Yep. Uh, he lost today. Did he? Uh, yeah, I think so. He yeah, lost so- to. Um, Ura. 
Yes. It was Ura's first win. It was Ura's yeah. first win. Ura is one and seven on the road. So I just want to take a moment to reflect on Ichinojo. He's two and six going into day eight. I just want to take a moment to go. I know there's a lot of uh, a lot of stories about the excessive drinking and and the abuse and no, you know, absolutely not condoning his behaviour. The guy has a problem that needs attention, and yeah. it's had some very very serious and bad consequences. I do have an amount of admiration for the fact that he's come out each day, been okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes totally fired up. Well, in the first couple of days, yeah. He's sort of been quite normal actually because sometimes he'll absolutely go for it. Yeah, true. And you're like, this man's never had a drinking problem or a back injury or hit anyone. Exactly. other days you're like, he's, you know. You're exactly right. If we didn't know any of the backstory around this, we would not be going something's nah. up with Ichino Joe. No. Nah. And it makes me think that's why we didn't, we absolutely didn't know during the, well, the you show. show. <laughs> we didn't know during any of the months where it was happening, you know, all of this year. The months. The, the months of this year. Yeah, oh, the, the years, year. yeah. But mostly this. Yeah. This year. I mean, he just kind of carries on. But, I mean, I, I will say about that, I hope that he gets help outside of the sport in a way, because I just don't quite trust, you know, it's like with injuries, I just don't trust the solutions that I come up with in the sport. And I have no right or no place to say this, but it seems to me that it would be more helpful if he could get uh, some some proper help. Some independent outside help. Anyway, let's move on to some better news. Ura today. Oh, no. Thrilled. <laughs> I guess the, it is because he won. Well, he did win. He got his first win today against Ichinojo, as we said, and the crowd loved it. Yes. And it is worth explaining at this point on the road, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, when a ricochet goes one and seven, it's a real problem because they've only got one more loss to their makakoshi. But we... Yeah, we don't see it as a problem. We flip it. It's an opportunity. We flip. So this is a great opportunity for Ura to win... The next seven bouts in a row. Yep. Get his kachikoshi, his winning record. And I'll tell you who wants to see it, the crowd. They just went bonkers. I don't know if it was because he was against Ichinojo as well, but um, any time Ura wins or has some success, the the crowd, especially down here, goes crazy. I've been trying to find what it is that hasn't been working for Ura, and I've noticed on a couple of occasions, and especially yesterday, his opponents are able to stand him up. Um, we've seen Ura almost uh, perfect that touch eye that has him coming in off the long run up, staying low, and really just decimating his opponent's game plan. Short eye went in yesterday, moved very quickly, stood Ura up, mm-hmm. and once Ura's center of gravity's high, he will take a backward step, and Short eye punished him mm. in that way. Mm. Well, Ura, I hope you find some more form. It's not quite clear what's going on, whether it's just a knees. I mean, we've said it a few times, but hope he gets a few more wins. I will make a quick mention of, of Chia Shoma. We have had absolutely no whiff <laughs> of a henker so far. Nothing. Straightforward movement. He also hasn't been hankered, but uh, he is three and five at this point on Nakabi. So I feel like he might be getting tempted. We know that Tim Sumo's logic was that he'd be being tempted by day four yeah. if he hadn't won. Which was good. He'd lost the first three days. So yeah. when that happened, I <laughs> yeah. thought, Tim's got himself a T-shirt yep. here. Yep. Well, he didn't do it again. He didn't do it again. He's uh, he's heard about the competition. He doesn't want to prove us right. It did look today too that he had a bit of a knee injury. He was rubbing it. So mm. he's tomorrow the day. But there are a few people, uh, David... Ryu on Twitter said that it was going to be day two against Arby. That was very specific, but it wasn't true. Midnight Sumo, day three. Tim, day four. American Mad Lad. And current uh, show yep. uh, holder. Yep. <laughs> he has a real name, but I way prefer saying American Mad Lad. Uh, day six, Jaron. Day seven, Sybil. And day Scott. Day eight, Scott. You're all out. There's a very uh, clever person who said no hanker at all, so yeah. damn you. <laughs> but I'm sure it's coming. I, I can feel it in my bones, but uh, it hasn't hasn't happened so far. Chiyoshoma, he's found uh, found the forward movement. Well, a couple of bad news stories here, uh, and I'm going to start with Takara Fuji. 
uh, picked up his Makakoshi today, mm. zero and eight. What are you seeing is going on? Oh, nothing's going on. Mm. Nothing's going on. He was a defensive guy, right? He was the guy you'd, you'd put in the back line to stop everyone coming through. He was a, you know, hulking, strong guy who could do anything on the Tawara and he's just being pushed backwards. It almost looks like he's letting himself be taken out so as not to hurt himself it's even very... more if it's inju- injury or... And he's looking sad as well. His face looks sad. It really, you can tell when Tucker Fuji's fighting badly because he'll just let himself be taken back. As you said, mm. his, his calling card is the ability to take the speed out of a bout, get on the belt and, yep. and work his opponent around. It just feels like there's, the, the feet are very smooth at the moment and he just can't find any purchase. It speaks to, the, to leg strength. It speaks to possibly an injury of the knee, but he just keeps turning up. Yeah, he keeps coming. Yeah. I oh Look, I, I feel it's time to maybe have a sit out. Well, it might be now because today was his makakoshi. He might have been waiting to see whether he could eke out a few. And the other saddest, and I haven't seen this guy ever look this sad or this despondent, and it's Teretsuyoshi. He well, cannot get a win. And he's trying. Well, look, <laughs> there, there's something that we'll remember, I think, about this Basho and Teretsuyoshi now, it's confirmed, he's leaving the top division. There's been a lot of love from the crowd. The salt throws have been going down a treat in yeah. front of the Fukuoka audience. Look, I've got to say, he has tried something different every day and it just has not worked. Yeah, well, it's a real contrast to Takara Fuji because yeah. we haven't seen a lot for him, but Teretsuyoshi every day, he's going mostly low, which you know, maybe says something about what he's trained this particular time or, or, you know, how he feels like he could win. But he's trying to come up underneath his opponent. Yeah. But he just got crushed down today and he looked so sad. I mean, if there was a way of channeling floppy short eye into a, a much smaller body, it was Teretsuyoshi today. Yeah, look, I think I admire the way he's going about his business here it's over for him. Yeah. And I think it felt inevitable from day one that this was going to be his last Basho. It was something we've been talking about is that perhaps the meta has changed a little <laughs> yeah, yeah. around small man sumo and yeah. we've seen Enho fall back into jury or not really be able to move. Uh, we now see Turetsuyoshi leave the top division and this leads me then to think, is there a place for Ishiura if he's able to come back mm. from that neck injury? Yeah, yeah. Well, Ishiura, I have always thought, is is the kind of least small guy of the three of them. I mean, he was very buff um, and sort of tried some different things, but maybe there's not. Ironically, Enho is finding some success down in Jurio. I think he's five and three. And he's been ducking under and using his speed to... To win, actually. Like, yeah, Enho has looked a little bit better this time around, finding ways uh, underneath his opponent, as mm. you said. But Teretsuyoshi, he spent quite a long time up in Makuchi. January uh, 2019 mm. was uh, the last time he was down in Jurio. Three years, wow. So it's a long time up at the top division. He's 27 years old, so it will be interesting to see how he goes down in Juria. We know the competition is very, very stiff down there. He won't have an easy time. Yeah. We've seen how Enho has struggled to the point where he's in the bottom quarter. Yeah, yeah. Of that and division. coming up against massive guys well, like Oshoma, like Hokuseiho. There's yeah, some huge Roga. Yeah. Like they're big. Yeah. Uh, another Rikishi who we should talk about, Atami Fuji. Oh, is yeah. Making his debut in the top division after one of the quickest uh, risers of all time to find himself in the top division. Atami Fuji now is three and five. It's been a bumpy ride for him. Yeah, he's just finding himself moved more often than he's maybe used to. He's being sort of flipped all around and pushed and he's he's giving ground or he's being forced to give ground and you know, about against Azamaru where he was comprehensively beaten. Oho's taken him out. Oho's in great form, but um, he was even beaten by Chiatari like, two <laughs> days before. 
This, he uh, went. It was interesting watching Atami Fuji over the last few days. He doesn't look particularly settled. He looks like, as you said, he's being moved around a lot by his opponents. He's unable really to find uh, a time of stillness and steadiness mm. on his feet. In terms of speed, he's certainly keeping up, but it's just a, a matter of the legs are there underneath him, but can he settle in that speed? Mm. And I think this is part of that transition to the top division where things are just moving a little bit faster. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And also mentally, and I love to just analyse people's mental state when I have absolutely no idea, but he seems to me like the kind of guy who would put so much pressure on himself and he'd be expecting to, or he would love to have this golden entry into Makuchi where he has amazing success and, you know, that's how he'd love it to go and every time he loses the pressure would mount on him and he'd sort of you know give himself a, a hard time and I hope he can you know even if he gets Kachikoshi here and he does uh Makakoshi here and he goes back to Jurio that he doesn't beat himself up too much and he just says look I'm gonna keep doing my great sumo and I'll be back in no time well he's coming into the start of the second week with a three loss streak so hopefully he can finish that. I say hopefully he's up against Kotoeko tomorrow. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> again, I think it'll be an interesting bout, I think, against Kotoeko because Kotoeko is very fast. Yeah. Yeah. And he, I could see him just overwhelming uh, Atami Fuji with that speed. Yeah, for sure. Well, the leaders, the leaderboard, there are four guys, like you mentioned, right up the top. It was Hoshoryu, Itsekiwake, Takeyasu, Wee, and the Vortex, Abi who we haven't talked about at all, but he's looking very strong. He's got two ways of winning these days. He's got the thrusting and the pull downs, and he's using both very effectively. And Oho at Magashira 13. Yeah. Oho lost on the first day and is now on a seven-day winning streak. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, I think Oho probably won't be around there at the end, but I think just in terms of Oho, Maegashira 13 hasn't really uh, set the world on fire at the bottom of Makuchi. This is just a, a great first week for him. That's all I'll put it. Abi must be flying under the radar a little bit for us. The fact we hadn't mentioned him mm. up to this point, but his sumo has been good. It's been solid. I think when he fought today, I thought he was 5'3", and you informed yeah. me he yeah. was 7 and 1. Yeah. So it shows that... You're like, oh, he's going all right. Yeah, I thought he was going okay. I swear he's lost more than one, but I've got to trust Sumo DB and the NHK mm. to say that he is indeed 7 and 1. Six uh, wins. There are only a couple of guys. Takakesho, who we've uh, talked about, who... He's absolutely not out of it. That's only one off the leader. And Nishiki Fuji, who we also haven't talked about yet, but has had a great time, only two losses. Uh, he's at Magashira 5 and he's looking fast, he's looking strong and very determined. He's looking good, isn't he? Yeah. He's sort of got that, you know how you mentioned that Hoshoryu, not swagger, but um, confidence. He's He's got that. He does not seem intimidated by yes. his opponent at yeah. all. I mean, 6-2, it's, it's a great score. He has beaten, well, I mean, he's been fighting around the middle of the pack, but he's beaten Tochinoshin, uh, he's beaten Endo, Hokuto Fuji, Ryuden, Nishikigi. So, yeah, I mean, second week might get a little bit more challenging for him. Yeah. But, yeah, I like the, what I see so far. Loving seeing him fight. Well, that is Makuchi. We just want to speak about Jurio very quickly, and we will be back next Sunday to uh, commentate that excellent division. Uh the leaderboard on seven wins out in front today after winning is Aqua. Now, this is big news, the return of Aqua. <laughs> uh, Aqua looks like a completely so different ricochet at what's the moment. Happened? I don't know what's happened. Something has happened. He's got back to basics. He's found his foundation and he's just doing simple sumo and he looks so good doing it. He really does. And he's getting his confidence back every day, every time something I love that he's a confidence rikishi and every time he does something that works, he feels better about himself. But the best thing is, is that the thing that he's doing, things that he's doing that are working are simple and he doesn't have to pull off some complicated move every time for, him, for himself to feel confident. You know, he's just doing good sumo, more straightforward, just pushing and he's getting results from it. Well, this is the Akua who found himself in the top division. It's 
There's something going on here, and a, a show would be a great thing to reinforce that simple sumo yes. is the best sumo. Yep. Although if he comes out on day 15 and tries a funny kakanage, I'm there for it. Oh, if he won the Yusho with a with kakanage. With a kakanage. Oh, my God. That'd be the dream oh, storyline. Dream storyline. That's happening. Please. He's just willed I it into that. existence. I want that. <laughs> I don't want it. I want it for the people of the world who will be very happy. If I know. That. I feel like we're manifesting a lot of things today <laughs> for everyone. So get on board with it and, and we'll have a lot of light in our lives. <laughs> on six wins, we have Tsudagisho, who's looking yeah, really looking good. great. Although he has his last uh, two bouts have been losses. And Oshoma, who is very strong. So yeah, Flying under the radar a little bit. Mm. Down the bottom at Jirio 12. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Sumo Mainichi, our special Nakabi edition. Uh, we will be back commentating Jirio on Sunday afternoon. If you aren't following us on YouTube, you should, and we'll let you know when we're going live on that. I did make a whole bunch of previous yeah. Jirio commentary sessions live on YouTube today. So apologies if you do subscribe, you would have got bombed with 14 Jurio visit, <laughs> uh, Jurio videos. They're worth checking out. Take a, a trip down. Is that how many we've lane. done? Yeah, That's 14. Nice. That's pretty good. Uh, if you would like to support the podcast, uh, we don't do a Patreon, but if you'd like to contribute to our sake fund, you can do that via PayPal with our email address, sumomainichi at gmail.com. Link is in all of our socials. It's been great talking sumo on day eight. Yep. So good. Let's go second week of Kyushu Basho. We will see you on Sunday. Bye. Bye.